1: Good morning, everybody, and welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO 106.3 is where you'll find us on the FM dial. Wherever you find us, we're glad that you did. As Trent Condon and myself, Ken Miller, will talk sports with you for the next couple of hours. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list. Uh, here today, we will start. We're going to do an NFL segment to start things off. Uh, at 10.30, we'll take a look at the Chicago Bears. Boy, Jeff Hughes is going to be fired up. I'm, first thing I'm going to ask him is his thoughts on Mac Jones being named the starter in New England. <laughs> That'll get him going. Uh, so uh, we will talk about the Chicago Bears with Jeff Hughes. The BearsBlog.com at 10.30. Uh, then we will head to the Twin Cities, which is well where we will find Dave Sinekin. He's actually at the State Fair He's doing his border battle as we speak with the voice of the Vikings at the Minnesota State Fair, Paul Allen. Uh, but Dave Sinekin on the Packers uh, coming up here at 1040. Pete Futek will join us at 1105. We'll go around college football with Pete Futek. And then at 1130, we will get to the newly announced retirement. Well, it's he announced he's retiring but Gary Rimer coming back for another year. Yes. Uh, but this is it. This is the uh, the the swan song for Gary Rima, the voice of the UNI and I Panthers. We will uh, talk about a little bit about his career. He's still got a lot of it to unfold, including an opportunity, I think, to call a pretty good basketball program uh, to bring the curtain down. But we will talk about you and I and the football team. Coach Farley will bring to Jack Trice Stadium on uh, Saturday afternoon, 3.30 kick. You can hear the game down the hall on 100.3 The Bus. Baseball night for me last night. There is a little breaking NFL news. Cam Newton. Who's only 32 years old? That's wild. Isn't that crazy? Yes. Cut. This was the MVP is in 2015 of the league. When you hear NFL, you hear uh, no fun league, you also hear not for long. And that uh, uh, is personified here today as Cam Newton is gone from the league. Now, I think you'll get another spot, but. Um, Bill Belichick's going to go with the rookie. One of how many rookies that will start? Wilson with the Jets. Yes, I haven't heard. Any, I mean, I haven't. Who covers the Jets? Right in, this, in, in uh I, I get it. They're one of thirty-two, and they. But anyways, I think he's going to be the guy. Lance is now hurt. He's got a a bone chip in one in, in, in his throwing hand, uh, for the Niners. So if he was pressuring Garoppolo, uh, Garoppolo will be the guy. Uh, we know uh, Fields isn't going to start. Um, Lawrence will start. Of course, Lawrence will start, Mm -hmm. sure. By the way, did you see the pass he threw for a touchdown the other day? Yeah. Oh, my God. And Baker Mayfield on Sunday night threw an absolute beauty, very similar to what um, Lawrence did. But uh, Mac Jones, who there was a picture posted this morning on Twitter of three Alabama quarterbacks from probably, what, four years ago? Mm -hmm. Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts, and Tua. All QB ones at the with their respective teams. When you think Alabama, mm-hmm. you don't think really that is a cradle
2: of quarterbacks, not a, right until recently. Until recently, yeah, you had the J, John David Booties of the world mm-hmm. and, and guys like that that yep. were okay, right? Brody Croyle, yeah, those type of quarterbacks they were placeholders. Mm-hmm. But you go back and Nick Saban making the decision and bringing Lane Kiffin in to revolutionize the offense. Lane Kiffin doesn't care. Yes, he has old school fundamentals, but. When you look at what Sabin has done and the way that he has evolved, he's won seven national championships. Right. And before this run of Sabin, it's impossible in today's day to do something like that. Yet here he is. Mm-hmm. He's completely different. He saw that the way things were changing. He looked at what Hugh Freeze was doing, beating them back to back years at Ole Miss. We got to be faster, mm-hmm. we got to be able to score. And he did that. And, and Ole Miss almost got him last year, if you remember. Right. That was a hell of a football game. Put a lot of points up. So, yeah.
1: was that the the, the game that, that Kiffin was running down his
2: sideline? Was that last year I, two years? Yeah, ago? I don't know. I can't remember if that was that game. I just remember it was incredibly entertaining. In, in full flight. Yes, right. yes. <laughs> and who knows if Ole Miss's defense is going to be any better, but mm. they could put a scare in him. Mm. Where are you with Alabama? Because they lost. Again, so it's much. like reload. You're right. I mean, the receivers, sooner or later. I mean, look at the receivers they've
1: lost in the last couple of years, right? I don't know. I, I think that there's going to be a new
2: national champion. A new national A champion. new national champ this year. Last year was so weird, obviously. Mm-hmm. 2020, it goes without saying. But you look at what they did. You look at the schedule that they had to play with no non-conference in the SEC and the domination that they had. That one we might look back upon as... That might be one of the best college football teams. Ever. Well, I've heard Saban, apparently Saban has said that. Uh, and I'm not sure he
1: said it on record, but he's told people that that was his best team. That offensive line loaded. Yes, linebackers, secondary. Patrick Sertan. I mean, he's a star. He's. I mean, in college, and I think he's going to be in the NFL. I Hope fingers crossed. Um, but some of the dudes that they I mean Devontae Smith has been winner yeah, as Waddle. a wide receiver. Right, Waddle, who was the guy before mm-hmm. he got hurt, and then go back the year before. I mean, Henry Ruggs and Jerry
2: Judy with those other two? It's not fair. It has to end at some point. Mm -hmm. Now, who knows if it's after Saban retires, but it has to at some point. Give you a free roll at 11.5, the over-under, and that's what it is for Alabama. Is it really? They're going to lose a game. They're going to lose a game. They're
1: going to lose a game. I agree with you. Yep, they're going to lose a game. I hope they lose a game. It's not going to be Saturday night. Uh No, no. Who do they, they have? Miami. Uh, Miami. All right. No, they're not getting beat by Miami. Um, Let's but hope they will an, lose a game. I want to
2: see an early Alabama? turnover, though, in that game, just to see what they have for the right. turnover chain this I'm, year. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs>
1: they'll, they'll have something new and fun, and
2: they'll be absolutely rocking mm-hmm. if that happens. Well, Bama,
1: Bama Bob, mm-hmm. picked against Bama, the football team. Uh, to, he, he's got Georgia coming out of the SEC, right. and he's got Texas A&M coming out of the West. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Um, last night was baseball night for me. You know, the, I watched a team who absolutely needed this win in the worst way. And they got it. And if you'd have told me yesterday afternoon, a Cardinal fan, or at any point during the day yesterday, we got John Lester on the bum tonight. You're feeling pretty good. <laughs> really?
2: Yeah. John Lester was good last night, Trent. John Lester was good last night. They've taken two guys off the scrap heap uh-huh. and made them... Hap the other. J.A. Hap was awful. huh it was soft-throwing batting practice. He was as bad... Oh, yeah. he was with your squad. <laughs> yes, a starting pitcher could be, and that's why I know so much, because he was brutal. Change of scenery, mm-hmm. new pitching coach, let's tweak this, let's change that. It happens often where you see that. Guys that are just absolutely brutal. Now, is it going to happen with Jake Arrieta? No. No, <laughs> not so much. But there are guys that it's just a simple tweak. It's what just hearing a different voice. Whatever it is, is good enough to turn them around, and mm-hmm. that has certainly been the case Lester has gone from mm, two. Well, he got Sheldon his first start as a yes. Cardinal,
1: remember? Yep. But subsequent to that, he's been and last night was his best start. And man, they needed here's the thing about the Cardinals. If they can stay close, and the schedules were getting gonna get and we talked about it nauseum. Mm-hmm. September is a Bitch for them, yes. just schedule wise. But the good news is if they can stay within striking distance of the Padres, because there's only one wild card available in the National League, the other's going to go to either the Dodgers or hold it now, or the Giants if the Dodgers uh, snap them off at the wire. Um, there's only one wild card available. They play the Padres three times in St. Louis in the middle of the month. Now it's it's an incredibly difficult schedule. They do have the Cubs, but yep. like, seven times in the final ten days of the season, with the Brewers sprinkled in there to to split those series. And the Brewers will be home free at that point. Absolutely. And you know you know if you're the Braves or if you're the uh, if you're the Braves or the Brew Crew, you're not. You, you want to finish where you are. You mm-hmm. don't want to be the number one overall seed in the, in the National League, and they won't be. I don't think they will either, because I mean, the, oh, the Giants got beat last night by the Brewers. Good win. That's a good baseball team. This with Brewers team.
2: Brewers are only four and a half out of the best what I'm record. Saying. But then you get the Dodgers. Then then you like, don't like, want that. No. You don't want that. It's a five-game series, a little bit better, perhaps. Mm -hmm. And you can set your But you'd much rather
1: play the Braves and watch the Dodgers and the Giants knock the crap
2: out of each other's starter. Beat each other up. That's the direction you're going. As bad as the Cardinals' schedule is, the Padres is a different level. After they finish up here with the D-backs, this is what they have remaining throughout the month of September. Okay. Astros for three. Two for the Angels. Okay. At the Dodgers. At the Giants for four, that Cardinal series in St. Louis. Right. Then they had the Giants again. Do the Padres? Jesus. They go to the Braves for four. Oh my! They go to the Dodgers after that, and they finish at the Giants again. You're kidding me. The Padres as bad and the Cardinal schedule is not easy. Right. But it, the, Padres, the Padres is tougher. It's another level. Yeah. Wow.
1: You can draw up a more difficult schedule.
2: You know what? That's
1: um. That's check. That's a checkmark on the plus side for these Redbirds.
2: So this series now, even just cutting into the one it a we're bit, talking
1: about against the Reds, against right? Against the now? Reds.
2: Yeah. Split at least the next two, right? Mm-hmm. So you stay where you are. Yeah. Red schedule's easy. Yes, Cardinals it is, is more difficult. Without a doubt. But the team you're worrying about, it's not the Padres. it's the Reds. I agree. And it's not just the record and nope. the lead that they have, but it's the schedule that is a huge, huge component here. Padres difficult, Cardinals difficult, Reds eh, not so much. Well, uh, the Brewers and the Reds, as you mentioned, will go at it again.
1: Uh, that's pretty good TV for uh, for tonight. At least that's where I'll be. So Glegos got the
2: closing opportunity. Uh-huh. Was Reyes available? Because I didn't oh, catch. It. I had it on, but I had the sound down.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't remember them talking about that, okay. Trent. So is this a move or is it just an availability mm. type of thing? I came hope in it's a move. I, hope I, I mean, it's it's the lesser of two evils. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you don't love either of them. I think if you're a Cardinal fan, you you don't, you don't. Yeah, jeez, somebody's got to do it. Right, right.
2: And the the numbers for Glegos this year has been good. I mean, he's he averages over a strikeout in inning. His ERA is right at three. He's okay. He's mm-hmm. you love to have that guy be your seventh, eighth inning guy. Yes, as a closer, absolutely. It's different. Third save of the year. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I-, I would say if it happens again tonight, they got a two-run lead going to the ninth. And they go to him? I think
1: so. Yep, I do, too. I'm with you. All right, Iowa State, how about this, folks? Put out a depth chart yesterday. Woo! Uh, I, for one, and, and look, I, there's a lot of people that were pumped to see this mm-hmm. and kind of surprised that it came out the way it did. There's a lot of oars, but a couple of things jumped off the pace. To, uh, Not as many
2: oars as the last time, though, that we saw one before the right. festival. Where there was 12. There's only eight this time. Is that what? That was the number? There was there was a dozen, huh? Yeah. Uh, there's only one
1: quarterback listed under Brock Purdy. Uh-huh. What does that mean for Bowman going forward? Uh, more than likely, he's going to be looking around come spring. Yeah. Hey, speaking of Iowa State quarterbacks that we're looking around, mm-hmm. Zeb Nolan is starting yep. this week for South Carolina.
2: We talked about this story a couple weeks ago. It's
1: amazing.
2: Grad assistant. Yep. That's where he was going after he finished up his career. He, North was higher, he, was, he was He was. on board. Yeah. Dad is a college coach in Georgia. Or high school coach, excuse me, in Georgia. I uh, read an article at The Athletic from the South Carolina Beat Reporter. Dad was kind of calling around. Hey, there's a spot. All right. <laughs> Got him there. And now... He's the starting quarterback for the that? Gamecocks.
1: That that's incredible. You know what else was in that story too? That I didn't know. I mean, you, look, uh, this is Trey Lance's best friend, right? Yeah. <laughs> Him and Zeb Nolan became best of friends. Um, so that's a pretty cool story. Mm-hmm. I mean, it didn't work out here. It uh, didn't work out in in Fargo. Uh, he didn't have a great year, did get the starting gig to follow his buddy Trey Lance, uh, but uh, goes as a grad assistant to start his coaching career. And you know what? We need you to play. And you got a year of eligibility left, and you are going to be our starter week number one for the Gamecocks. So pretty good story. But back to Iowa State in their depth chart. Mm-hmm. Hunter Deckers is clearly the guy. Uh, what else jumped off the page at
2: you? Anything? Uh, true freshman At the running back spot behind Jirel Brock as the backup. Two of them. Eli Sanders, the young man that they flipped from Boise that they had at the Applebee's. The uh, sign for him, come to to Ames. Remember that? I don't. The recruiting story Applebee's put up on their little placard there. Welcome to Ames, Eli, something along those lines. Uh, Him and Deion Silas back there. Defensively? Here's one. Here's a big one. It's right in the middle of that line. J.R. Singleton. Yep. Redshirt freshman.
1: Who Campbell is raving about right now here's the thing, and I think you're probably going the same place I am a week from Saturday. who's going to be an inch or two in front of his helmet mm-hmm. <laughs> yep uh-huh wow, it's the all american that that'd be him. Linderbaum. yeah Linderbaum, um ready or not here comes an all American now again, Campbell is just glowing about this kid in all of the you know the 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 talk leading up to this, and I don't. Did you think this was coming? All the the Iowa State people we talked to, uh, I don't think they foresaw this. Isaiah Lee started a bunch of games Mm -hmm. last year; he was just going to be plug and play in that spot. But Singleton took it from him, which says a lot about the young man. A
2: lot of new names on there. A lot of names that more than I would have thought. Trent, that's a good point that we haven't talked about hardly at all. Start. Let's go over to the offense. For the most part, I think we've talked about every one of these guys one Mm -hmm. way or the other until you get to the offensive line. From Tyler Miller. Well, especially the right side of the line. Yeah, well, Tyler oh, Miller. Backups, yeah. Yep. The backup at the left tackle position behind Sean Foster. 6'9", <sighs>
1: 320.
2: I, I guess I don't even remember him don't being mean, 6'9", going back to the recruiting area. Remember, he's tall. Don't remember, six foot nine. Then the backup at the left guard position, Jared Huffman. Another young guy we haven't just talked a whole mm-hmm. lot about. Newell, Ramos, Schweiger, Simmons. We talked about all those yeah, guys. Yeah, but Ramos
1: in... moved to center. Mo- right. Ramos's
2: moves changed positions. Remsburg, Schweiger, the depth of this offensive mm-hmm. line and the defensive line too. This is the change of Iowa State football more than anything is not just having five guys that can play, right? not just having four guys on the defensive line that can play, but the amount of depth that they have built, quality depth. I, I, I don't think it's a stretch to say this is as deep as they've been at both of those positions, and that's why they're a preseason top 10 team. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you. I know we love the shiny objects and the Mm -hmm. Brock Purdy's and the Brees Halls Mm -hmm. and and Xavier Hutchinson and on down. Mm -hmm. But more than anything, the way that this program has changed, the way that they have competed at this level, it's what they have up front on both sides of the football.
1: It is. Uh, Tariq Milton, I think, is poised because he was hurt all year last
2: year. How many times do we ask that question? Well, that's just it. And I,
1: and I was told by a pretty reliable source that they got this one wrong, that he's out for the year mm-hmm. and, and worked his way back onto the field. Now, it, look, he was clearly still way, 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 uh, not even close to 100%, but he did get back on the field. Um, the safety position, free safety, they've got three oars. Three of those oars, three of the eight are right there. So we're there's a grad assistant and Amos. Mm-hmm. Um, Villanova? Yep, Villanova grad assistant. Uh what else, Kyle and Young still I guess in a battle for that right corner, opposite of Anthony Johnson, who's no doubt about it, we both can't wait to see Tampa because we love big corners, uh-huh. and he certainly fits that mold it's six foot two um linebackers, no surprise there will Mcdonald's going to get a start. he should right <laughs> it was just a matter of time, but he had to bide his time and uh now Jaquan Bailey, who just got released from the Eagles he 's no longer. Uh, part of the program, so there's depth, Trent. There's depth on display, and we'll see it on uh, where ESPN Plus, right?
2: ESPN, ESPN Plus, Plus. three thirty kickoff, uh, and the Hawks are Two thirty for Iowa Indiana. Oh, uh, it's another thing that jumped out. Something stupid that I get a kick out of though. Uh, this year in college football, you can wear zero, and Iowa State has their player that will wear number zero. Really, I didn't notice that. The punter Corey Dunn will be trotting out there, with the zero. <laughs> On his jersey. That's another one of those special yeah. teams. Especially special important.
1: teams. And Iowa didn't name a punt returner or a kick returner either. Kick did? returner.
2: They had Charlie Jones as the punt returner. That's okay. a no doubter. After yeah, right, what he did. he did.
1: last year, yeah. right. Um, but no kick returner was listed. And uh, likewise with Iowa State or punt returner for them.
2: So who are the names that we've... Well, Brees Hall's been returning kicks. Y- do, you, do you want that? I don't. He's too important. Uh-huh. He is too important to that team. Jarell Brock? Sure. Yeah. Even... Xavier Hutchinson, you know, a guy like that. Mm-hmm. Joe Skates. hmm. Seems like he's got the, kind of the flexibility that could be the wheels. good in that kind of role. I and mean, we know about the wheels that go mm-hmm. along with it. So uh,
1: last year was Tariq Milton just to catch the football. I mean, this is, this is a team that doesn't return a
2: lot of punts. Yes. This is a
1: fair catch team. Remember that we, um, there was like, I don't know, four or five games when everything was fair caught.
2: I think there was a, a stat some halfway through the season, they'd return like three punts for 19 yards or yeah. something like that. Halfway through the year, mm. a year ago. Does that change? Is it just they weren't confident with it? And now they're going to find a guy that they are more confident. But they're S- going to keep a secret. <laughs> special well, we know that special it's teams just, uh, are important. Uh, Iowa State for a program like that. Well, look at Nawango's impact on yes. the special
1: teams last year. They don't
2: beat Baylor without they don't. They turned Nwongu a
1: couple of games around last
2: yeah. year. Oklahoma, the first one. Mm-hmm. Without him, that might be a seven and five team as opposed to nine you know, and
1: three.
2: are six losses the margin from last of error. year. Six players that. We're a piece of last year's team. Mm-hmm. I think you can make the argument that Nwongu... I did yesterday. ...was the most important of yeah. those losses yeah. because of just that. Right. I mean, Bailey's the all-time sack leader. Yeah. Look,
1: I didn't think he was... He was okay last year. He was better a couple years back. I agree. Early in Absolutely his career. agree. He popped off yep. the screen. Now, that could be a product of, all right, we're going to slant this way. We're going to prevent him.
2: And Will McDonald on the other end. Mm-hmm. Will McDonald... He had 10 and a half sacks. Right. <laughs> He's a next level guy himself.
1: He is, he is. That's the first rounder on that team. I think it is too. That's that's the one, that's the one. When that long streak of one was it seventy eight or seventy nine? You have to go back the last time they had a first round pick. Uh, I think it's Will McDonald. Now look,
2: it, it should be Brees Hall, but it's running backs. Right, you know they're not as coveted as they once were. Travis Etienne, who was great his whole career, sure he was. He was in, in the twenties.
1: Was he? Was he thirty? Yeah, I thought the late
2: twenties, early 30s, somewhere, yeah. somewhere in that area. Um,
1: yeah, just the running back position. Oh baby, getting close, are we not?
2: Speaking of oh baby, you and I a little bit later, as he mentioned. Yeah, with Gary no, there Rimer, is
1: no depth chart for them. Was there? Haven't found one yet. I right. saw, um, I saw something on Twitter, somewhere last night,
2: reading around, trying to find one mm-hmm. that Farley did not put one out. Didn't put one out. So we will go with our eyes closed into it. We know. Yeah. 11 starters have played in the spring season for you and I on defense are all back. Mm-hmm. They got a quarterback competition with four guys mm-hmm. going through the reps. The
1: Michigan State guy and McLevane apparently are the two
2: that it's come down to. Theo Day is the yes, Michigan State Theo guy. Day. More of a pocket passer, if you will. 6'5, mm-hmm. 225, big, solid, sturdy kind of guy. And, well, Iowa State fans know well. What McIlvain could do. Yeah, he was two good. years ago. He was That was his first start in college for crying out loud. He was injured, he was sick, he had all kinds of things happen to him this spring season. Only threw one touchdown, I think, in four games. Their mm. offense really Now you really probably started. didn't see him when he was at Lincoln, right? No, never did. Yeah. Um yeah, trying to think back through and, and never got to see him out there on the field. Knew they'd be undermanned, and that's the case mm-hmm. here. So offensive line, I think for you and I, that should be pretty good. Yeah. And they got some skill position. It it's as simple as Quarterback play well, and they're defensively. The the
1: the strong suit of their defense is up the middle, Mm -hmm. middle middle of the defensive line, linebackers. As you say, all those guys coming back. um, That apparently is the strength of that. We'll see how they match up. You know, I I can't wait to see these guys for Iowa State. Um,
2: I think Milton's going to have a huge year. I have had many Iowa State people tell me leading into this that there's an opportunity here if they're playing well. And they're up, and it's 31, 10 in the third quarter. they're not taking the foot off the gas. This, now, is this camp fans that are telling you this, is people close to the program, OK? And they have said that this camp, more than anything, has been directed towards week one. We're not getting off to a slow start in September. Wow. No more That's, of this that'd be crap. A change. We're coming out, yeah. We're going to play well, and we're going to keep pedal to the floor all the way through mm-hmm. enough of this. That's what this camp has been directed about. No more slow starts. No more slow starts in general in football games, but most importantly, early in the season. That's mm-hmm. what this camp has been about. And if they can jump up, don't grab you and I in the second half line. That's <laughs> what I'll tell you. Really interesting. Um, of all of, of the of the two teams
1: uh, that, that moved the needle here, the, the pressure's all on one guy in the state this weekend. Oh yeah, there's I no mean, doubt. It, it's Spencer Petrus, right? Mm-hmm. It, this Hawkeye team has, is is so, yeah, kind of loaded in a lot of places. They are, and it's all predicated on what they're going to get from their quarterback trend. I've completely flip flopped, not flipped, because I wasn't down on Iowa. I just didn't think that they would be. If Spencer Petras didn't take a step forward, I thought that this team was seven and five ish. <laughs> that type of that type of program this year, but if the reports are as glowing as not only we've heard – Dave Sinekin might be a little late. Um, The reports might uh, – they were glowing at the kids' day. Mm -hmm. But after that, we've also heard that um, it's been more than that. It's been more than when you guys got to see them. When you guys aren't here, he's doing this every practice, day in and day out. He's been that good.
2: He's shown that much improvement. So, if that's the case, look out. Because this team has a lot of spots. Mm -hmm. Still concerns up front defensively. Yeah. And we've seen in the past when I was not good on their defensive line, they do take a pretty major step back. That's for them, maybe as important of a position as it is. They're good in the defensive line, they're going to be good. Yep. They're okay. Yeah. Then you're at right. right, that seven and five. And they don't, we
1: don't, we don't know this. But at least from where we sit here on whatever, the last day of August, we're not sure about the depth behind the starters on the defensive line. Absolutely. As we just talked about the depth on Iowa State's defensive mm-hmm. line. We don't know if that, uh, if, if Iowa has that luxury.
2: Well, and even look at the starters and look at the pieces of that too deep from Yaya Black. hmm. Heard his praises. Yep. Got to see it. Mm-hmm. Noah Shannon, he was a rotational player. Mm-hmm. Now he's and got to he was, get a whole lot, right. and he was hurt this uh, in this uh, in this camp. Logan John Wagner, yeah, Logan Lee, mm-hmm. he's been a guy that's been banged up. Joe Evans, he's going to be more of a three no, down I like, type. Of I, player. I like
1: Joe Evans. I'm just not sure he's built for you know being the, that.
2: Yeah, yeah. And so when you go through that and you look at it, I go back to 2005. Iowa was preseason top ten, great team coming back. Except for the defensive line, they had two All American linebackers and Chad Greenway and Abdul Hodge. The back part of the defense was absolutely loaded. Offensively, of course, Drew Tate was coming back off mm-hmm. that Big Ten championship year. Everything was there, except for the defensive line. And, and I have a feeling we very well could be trending there mm-hmm. too. On the Petras point, though, I gotta see it because we heard these same things last yeah. summer. We heard what a leader he was. We loved mm-hmm. the job was handed to him. It was. It was right. not the kind of competition. Nope you would anticipate with an open competition after a graduating Nate's And
1: we both assumed they would have that this year, but maybe he just—he was so good that they just, you know, he's our guy. You guys are all battling for, you know,
2: second team reps. I just don't see the upside in him. I yeah. The throw against Nebraska, the pirouette in the pocket with nobody around him, <laughs> and just throwing a hideous, awful interception. That sticks in my mind. Everybody brings up the Illinois game. Go back and watch the first quarter. He was as bad as a college no, he quarterback was, could he be. Turned it around in the first quarter. Yep. Did turn it around yep. and then played well the game after Illinois as they uh, beat Wisconsin. He's got a ton time. of pressure on him, Trent. That, that he's got a ton, ton of pressure. As Tom Caker last week, Hawks look up at the scoreboard. They trot into the locker room down twenty-one-three, and Petrus is awful, throwing a couple of picks. Did they make the hook? He no, said no. No,
1: I don't think so either. Coach
2: Condon would. (laughs) (laughs) I was called for his head in that first quarter of the Illinois game, too.
1: All right, we're going to get into the NFL. Jeff Hughes next. Dave Sinekin, who's uh, border battling with our friend Paul Allen, Packers versus Vikings at the Minnesota State Fair. Uh, We may have to push him back a little bit, but he's scheduled to join us in this hour as well. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 107. Now, back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon. We're going to take a look at a couple of teams in the NFC North before the first hour of the program comes to its conclusion. Dave Sinikin. Covers the Packers, theheadcheese.com. He'll join us in about 15, 17 minutes or thereabouts once he finishes battling with Paul Allen, the voice of the Vikings. They are live at the Minnesota State Fair uh, here this morning, so syndicate about 10.50. But right now, uh, Jeff Hughes uh, joins us as we talk Bears with him. Thebearsblog.com is where you can read Jeff. Uh, I'm anxious to get Jeff's opinion, Trent. The greatest football coach of all time, Bill Belichick Oh, not Mike Ditka No, not Mike Ditka Uh, That would be Bill Belichick with all those rings He drafted a rookie quarterback (laughs) Mm -hmm. at 15 And is named him the starter and actually cut the veteran Which is maybe what should be happening in other cities Let's get Jeff Hughes to opine on that Jeff, uh, to put that one on a tee for you, how are you?
0: Well, listen, if anything, anybody knows my golf game knows the ball on the tee is the most dangerous place to put it for me. <laughs> but let me tell you this. This is the most embarrassing period I can remember outside of Mark Tressman and Aaron Cromer backstabbing Jay Cutler in the press in 2015. This coach decided arbitrarily after the draft he was never going to give this quarterback a chance to win the job. He has been the better quarterback all summer. He is the better quarterback in the preseason. He can simply do things that Andy Dalton cannot dream of doing. To not give this kid the opportunity to win the job and hand it to Dalton is football malpractice. And for those people out there who want to argue, and I've heard it, hey, he'll get the job eventually. You're yelling about nothing. Eventually he'll be the starter. Where do we live? We have just suffered through 18 months of COVID in this country. Forgive me if I want some entertainment in my life. I don't want to watch Andy Dalton play football. Most Bears fans don't want to watch Andy Dalton play football. You've done the hard part in Chicago. It looks like you found the guy. The easy part is putting him on the field. And it just seems like this coach has no intention of doing that. And all of these quarterbacks who are starting Wilson and Lawrence and Jones and even Lance who's going to be on the field a whole lot have been given first team reps since the day they showed up in camp one coach hasn't done it now are we meant to believe that Matt Nagy of all people has the magic elixir has the magic formula I don't believe it and I have I have defended this coach an awful lot over the last few years and this summer has been
2: indefensible so the decision was made as you said well before we even got to camp, well before mm-hmm. we got to see it. And I think a concerning part, because I look at Nagy, and there's negatives, and there's things he could poke at. But even going back to last year, that's a bad football team, and he found a way to help them get into the playoffs when a lot of people left them for dead. To be able to do that, that's something. He had the locker room at the very least. Isn't this a case where very quickly you can lose the locker room by playing the guy that's not as talented? A hundred percent. I mean, I, I have not heard the
0: football world sort of unanimously endorse one thing and seen a coach do the opposite before. And it, these players watch ESPN. These players read the tweets of people around the league, former players. They all know. They're there every day. They know Justin Fields is special. They are saying it to the press every day. Justin Fields is special. That's not a slight on Andy Dalton. He wasn't brought here to be special but this is this is going to start hurting the locker room the second andy dalton throws that first interception at soldier field and the booze rain down all of this goodwill the bears fan was despondent at the end of last season justin fields' draft pick single-handedly brought them all back why would you take the air out of that balloon Why do you want booze at Soldier Field? Why do you want every game result to simply be about, well, is Fields going to play now? (laughs) It has completely deflated the start of this season. It's not going to be a particularly good season anyway. and It it doesn't need to be. It needs to be entirely about Fields. And I'm not convinced, guys, and I know this is not the the normal opinion, I am not convinced that they're going to go to this kid in week four. He has not had first-team reps at all. I am not convinced that they might not wait till the bye week in mid-November to make a change Mm. like this. I mean, nothing Nagy has done to this point of the summer, nothing, suggests he wants to put this kid on the field. So I'm not convinced that a couple of bad Dalton performances and fields is coming in, Nagy has not shown that.
1: Uh, we're talking with Jeff Hughes to BearsBlog.com. Jeff, away from the quarterback, uh, offensive line is the other area concerned. So banged up, uh, during, uh, during fall camp. Wilkinson, he's a COVID casualty, right? At least for the time being, I, I think. Uh, are they, are they going to be able to, um, will, will all the guys that you thought were going to be, you know, starters uh, on that offensive line, will they be there a week from Sunday night?
0: Yeah, I think the start, well, I didn't know I anybody saw the Jason Peters emergence coming. Yeah, really. The starting O-line will be, will be Peters, will be white hair for Daniels, and a Fetty. Uh, it's, it's a shame what happened to Tevin Jenkins, but again, that's, that's a situation. You want to protect the long-term future of the kid, get the back surgery, get it right. If you don't play this year, it's fine. It's like bringing another high pick in next year. Again, this is the transitional year. But guys, let me ask you a question. What skill... What skill outside of the offensive line best protects an offensive line? It's mobility from the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. I won't even, and by the way, you knew I was getting this back to the quarterback. <laughs> I won't even hear the argument that Dalton gives them a better chance to win because Dalton can't avoid the rush. I wrote about this the other day, probably on Twitter. Justin Fields made a play in his last preseason game, rolling to his right through the ball on a dime. Andy Dalton would have had two possible outcomes, a sack, or throwing the ball away. Instead, that play was the talk of Chicago the next day. And this coach still doesn't recognize what's happening. That offensive line will look far better with Justin Fields. The playmakers on the outside will look better with Justin Fields. The corners on the defense, who are not very good, will have an easier time playing if the Bears are scoring points on offense, which they would do more with Justin Fields. All of the flaws in this roster, that's what great quarterbacks cover up. And I think the Pairs may have one, but just don't want to find out.
2: Defensively, it is aging. It is not the defense of just a few years back. When you look at this squad, what concerns you most on on the defensive side of the football?
0: They're not good at corner. Uh, Jalen Johnson is a good player. Jalen Johnson, I think, can be a top-line corner. They have nothing else uh, besides him. And I think if they don't get the pass rush they need mm-hmm. from Khalil Mack, from Robert Quinn, from some of the role players like Ballon, Nichols, and Hicks, uh, they'll get torched. I would be very surprised if Sean McVay doesn't look at what the Buffalo Bills did to the Bears in the preseason and just drop and release. Don't let Mack ruin the game. Don't let Quinn ruin the game. Drop the quarterback, couple of steps, and hit the receiver and just exploit these corners up and down the field. They are not good enough at that position to hold up against the better passing attacks the Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady's, all these guys that were mm. on the schedule this year are going to rip them up.
1: Mm. Back to offense and, and the skill guys you mentioned, you're 100% right about Fields and his ability to, uh, to run around. Allen Robinson's a hell of a player. I think a really underrated player. But but other than him, what what do they need from Mooney as far as taking that? Because we saw a little bit glimpses of him. Don't they need more than just Allen Robinson um, to, to catch the football this year? Komet has to emerge. Mooney has to take a step forward. Do they have enough skill guys?
0: Well, that what you just said sort of sums it up. They brought in Goodwin and Bird to be those role-playing receivers, those 30, 35-catch-a-year guys. They need Mooney to take that first-to-second-year step. The first year was great. They need him to take that second-year step. And they need Cole Komet, and I'm not comparing the players, but they need him to play that Travis Kelsey-type role where he's catching a lot of balls, getting a lot of targets and a lot of opportunities, and keeping defenses on their heels. And they, a lot of time with these young tight ends, it's that second year – where you start to see the ability truly emerge. And the Bears have not shown anything this summer with Cole Komet. So I think Komet is going to be the surprise standout of this group. And if Mooney takes that step, this is looking like a very, uh, very good wide receiving core. Now, how good that core can be with a shaky offensive line and Andy Dalton? There's a, there's a ceiling. They can be serviceable. How good can they be with a mobile quarterback with a, with a cannon for an arm? I think they could be very good. Uh, but again, we're not going to find that out.
2: We played this game uh, earlier on the college side. It's halftime. The Rams are up 21-3. Do we see Justin Fields? No. No, I don't think so either.
1: I
0: don't see it. Guys, I would love to believe I'm wrong about this. Uh, I certainly don't believe they're going to bring him in in the middle of a game. How unfair to the kid would that be to give him no first-team reps all summer long and then ask him to come in in the middle of the game and start throwing the guys he hasn't been throwing to? Uh, it, it, to me, the whole thing has been a shambles since the beginning of the summer. I think that they're going to bring him onto the field now with kid gloves. That's why I, I'm looking at the bye week as a plausible moment to bring him back. Third week in November. Um, mm. I, I just think I think they're going to. I think this is not going to happen mid game. I, I don't think it's going to happen for weeks and weeks. And I, I just I'm despondent about the whole thing. You can hear it in my voice. It, it's it's so depressing to be 10 days out or wherever we are from the start of the regular season and that have nothing to look forward to when there's something to look forward to on the bench. (laughs) It just doesn't make any sense to me. And it it never will, and no one can convince me otherwise. Uh, My guess is Fields plays sometime around weeks 8 to 10, somewhere in there.
1: Could they uh, not get anything at all for Nick Foles?
0: They're trying. They've been trying for months to get something. You know, Nick, Nick is kind of holding his own cards here. He doesn't want to go to certain places. You know, if I'm the Bears, and again, the problem with the Bears is I don't think that the people running the football operations understand where the team is on a championship timeline. That's all tied to fields. I would cut Foles. Eat the money. It's a sunk cost already. He's your third-string quarterback. Use that roster spot on somebody young you want to develop for next year and the year after when, plausibly, the field's championship window would open. Use these roster spots to get better for the future because right now all that matters is the 2022 Bears and getting field's to that point where you believe
1: he's the guy. com. Jeff Hughes writes at it, owns it, runs it, and uh, we're grateful to have him on our program. Jeff, we'll talk to you down the road. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Jeff Hughes, DeBearsBlog.com as we take a look inside the
2: Bears. Some breaking news from the NFL. Saints head coach Sean Payton told Adam Schefter that the team will be away from New Orleans through September as the city recovers from Hurricane The Island. entire month? Regular season, week one, Packers Saints will not obviously be played in New Orleans. Packers minus three. Jump on your DraftKings account right now. Wow. Lay the points. Well, there's no power in the city. Right. So does this mean they went to San Antonio? Remember the Hurricane Katrina year? Mm -hmm. Is that a possibility? Is it Houston? Is it just playing the game in Green Bay? But uh, the line knackerel. is still available because I opened up that app right when I saw that news and fired on the Packers. Uh, <laughs> Condon. Attaboy. Uh So get it while you can. Yes. Interesting. I'm surprised. I, I was surprised it was still on there.
1: I am too. Because this came too. from
2: Schefter at 1024, so yeah,
1: 20 minutes ago. Uh, Miller and Condon, uh, we will talk about those Packers with Dave Sinekin next, 1460 KX and 0-1. Millery Condon, welcome back. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. From the Bears to the favorites in the NFC North, they are the Green Bay Packers. Dave Sinekin in year 26 of doing Packer Preview on Sunday mornings, KFAN. And writing at theheadcheese.com joins the program. There's a couple of Packers breaking stories. Bakhtieri on the Pup List won't play until week seven. But as Trent mentioned, Adam Schefter reporting New Orleans will not play in New Orleans, which means week one, Green Bay will be heading where, Dave Sinekin? Any idea? I think the good morning, by the
3: way, and I'm going to apologize in advance. I'm at the Minnesota State Fair. It's really loud. I'm going to do my best to hear you. I think I've got the best spot I could be in, so bear with me. Um, I think the early favorite is Dallas, that the Cowboys don't play at home until Week Three. So my guess is that game will be at AT and T Stadium. Uh, and you're right, no David Bakhtiari uh, placed on the pup list. He'll miss the first six weeks. You know, when you when you're a tackle and you tear your ACL on New Year's Eve. It's probably wishful thinking that eight months later, you're ready to play, you know, at an elite left tackle spot. And and although he does sound like he's uh, ahead of schedule, that doesn't mean you're ready in eight or nine months. So uh, he'll be ready for week seven. We hope Uh, all sounds like with the drills he was doing this summer that uh, he is getting there. Uh, Green Bay will move uh, Elton Jenkins, their pro bowl left guard out to left tackle where he played this preseason a bit and looked really good. This guy is, almost uh, as valuable as anybody not wearing number 12 in Green Bay. He could play anywhere on the line. He was just a great draft pick in the second round a couple years ago, and I do think he will be just fine at left tackle, but that then weakens you at left guard a bit. Green Bay will move last year's right guard, Lucas Patrick, over to the left side uh, to make way for Royce Newman, the fourth-round rookie out of uh, Ole Miss, who was PFF's highest-graded offensive lineman throughout the preseason. He just didn't allow a pressure at right guard. He won that job. So two rookies on the line, no David Bakhtiari. It's a little dicey, but Ken Green Bay has got a terrific line coach and Andy Stenevich. They always have a deep offensive line, and they'll be tested a bit early this season.
2: Let's go into the weapons for Aaron Rodgers this year. Of course, Devontae Adams back uh, looking for a new contract in the future, but big money and a big-time player. Valdez Scantling, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb comes in. To help out, your thoughts on the wide receiver group and throw the tight ends along with that.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm really bullish on the Packers' offense. I mean, obviously they were the highest scoring offense last year, so you're going to be bullish anyway. But the one thing that this Matt Lafleur offense has lacked is a, a prototypical slot receiver, and that's why Aaron Rodgers lobbied so hard for Randall Cobb, a guy that he trusts, he knows, he knows will understand the offense and be in spots uh, where Rodgers can take advantage. So having Randall Cobb to not only man the slot, but to teach Clemson rookie Amari Rodgers how to play it. They've got a history. Rodgers has known him for eight, nine years. His dad coached Cobb at Kentucky. So I feel really good about the slot spot. I'm also really bullish on Dalvis Gatling, who I think is going to blow up a bit this third year. He's not a volume receiver. not going to catch 70, 80 balls. But I think he showed his value in the playoffs with the big plays. He is in a contract year. He's kind of following the flight of Devontae Adams. Now, he wasn't drafted as high. He doesn't have that ceiling. But he was accused of being a little sloppy with the ball the second year, and and Adams kind of emerged in year three. And I have a feeling Belna Gatling's is going to do that this year with a lot of big plays. Lazard's your red zone guy, your your move the chains guy, uh, and a blocker is so reliable. I just think they have a really nice six-man unit. And with Robert Tunyon taking over at tight end and showing 10 touchdowns later that he can be a part of this offense, I just really do believe the sky's the limit for Rodgers
1: in this offense this year. Yeah, that's scary to think about, is it not? You know, uh, Dave. Switching to the defensive side of the football, there's an Iowa Hawkeye who's had a really good uh, fall camp, and and I, you know, when Janet Keflin was was signed as a free agent, I thought, now, nah, you know, g- good for him. He's going to get an opportunity. I didn't see him taking that opportunity and turning that into a a job in the NFL yet. It looks as though. They're, they're making it very difficult for them to cut Jack Heflin. Is he going to make the 52, 53? I'll
3: be shocked that he's not on the initial roster. I think he takes the place of Tyler Lancaster, the veteran from Northwestern who's flashed in moments, but just uh, he's an okay run stopper. That's about all he does. Uh, now, Heflin was obviously playing against a lot of backups, but sure. we saw him against the first string Buffalo Bills uh, for nearly the entire first half, and he made plays. He was noticeable. Uh, he, I will be stunned if he doesn't make this roster. Uh, I think, you know, they drafted a guy they really like from Florida, T.J. Slayton, in the fourth or fifth round. He's looked really good, too. Uh, but that's probably my biggest position of concern heading into the season was defensive tackle outside of Kenny Clark. Dean Lowry was a disappointment last year. Kingsley Kiki, they like, but he's been injured and hasn't been able to stay on the field. And Heflin has just announced himself. And I I just think he's the perfect guy to put next to Kenny Clark. Uh, he has shown that that attitude that just kind of put your foot in the dirt and it's like, all right, I'm going to get ahead of this guy. And he is every preseason game looked better. And so, yeah, I think the, the Packers have unearthed another, well, we'll call him an Iowa guy, but he really, you know, made Illinois, the name in Northern, yeah. Northern Illinois yeah. first and was a terrific player there and then jumped over to Iowa and, and showed he could do it on the Big Ten level. And, yeah, I'm excited for what this guy could do. I think he's going to get an opportunity to actually play some meaningful snaps for this defense.
2: Let's go to the quarterback spot, not Aaron Rodgers, looking to the future or – an injury crops up, Jordan Love, his development that you saw during the preseason.
3: Yeah, unfortunately, he missed game two, so we only saw him uh, in two games. Uh, what was really, I thought, uh, instructful on this past weekend was Buffalo played their starters through the first half. Greenblade played only their second and third stringers. So Jordan Love is playing against the ones for Buffalo and, you know, playing with an offensive line and, and skill position players that were all second and third stringers, yet he really performed well i mean took him down to the two three yard line throwing to Tre'Davious white and not worrying about it now he couldn't hit pay dirt you know he tried to get in the end zone and, and white knocked the ball away and then he had a a bad interception on a first down play where he felt some pressure and that's where i think we've seen you know the biggest area where he needs to improve is when he's off schedule and he's under pressure his decision making and he had a couple questionable decisions but i think he showed why green bay loves the product what he is uh, strong arm he made good decisions uh, he moves well. Um, if he had to play a game this year, I wouldn't freak out <laughs> like I would have <laughs> the last couple of years when it came to the Packers' backup quarterback spot. It's hard to know too much with a couple of preseason games, uh, but I think like most Packer fans, I, I believe he will be the starting quarterback in 2022, and nothing that I saw in those two games has me freaking out. I think he's got the potential with a, a brilliant quarterback coach in Matt LaFleur and a really good offense. To, uh, to lead this team and, and get better as he does
1: it. Great stuff, Dave Sinekin. Enjoy the rest of the fair. I know your work is done with Paul Allen, your little border battle. Uh, we will talk to you in the weeks ahead. Appreciate you coming on, Dave. Thank you. Sounds good.
3: And PA said, call him anytime. He wants to be back on with you guys, so give him a holler.
1: All right, will do, pal. Good. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. Yep. I just wish we were on a different times. Nah, he's not giving up 9 to noon. No, we're not giving up 10 to noon, are we? No. Hour 2 next, 1460 KXNO, 106.3.